All right, welcome to the Goalpost NFL Christmas Special, where we're going to be taking you through a preview of every single NFL matchup over Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It's a magical time of year, Patrick. The best time of the year, actually, for many reasons, and NFL is definitely one of the reasons that makes it the best time of the year. Yeah, I feel like the NFL is like gearing up to kind of take the NBA's thunder this Christmas. Everybody usually thinks NBA Christmas Day games, at least in the past, I don't know, five, six years. And the schedule couldn't be more perfect with Christmas Eve on the Saturday and Christmas on the Sunday. They didn't really stand a chance. No, and I think the NFL did it right in the sense that they didn't overwhelm you with uh, Christmas Day games. Just just kind of like Thanksgiving, just one game for you guys to kind of have on the background while you're meeting with family, chatting it up, no volume, just you can gamble on it, don't tell anyone, just keep glancing at the screen. Yeah, one game every time slot gets you through Christmas. Makes exactly. it just a little bit better. Yeah, it shows the NFL ultimately owns the schedule too. They can kind of schedule games whenever they want. But it was smart kind of loading up Christmas Eve because that's the day where you're really not doing a ton uh, versus Christmas. And in the Christmas spirit, there is some serious weather expected for about six matchups this Sunday. And I think we're going to get some all-time football weather. Yeah, I haven't seen a ton snow wise but wind and low temperature is as prevalent as you will probably see it thus far in the nfl year a lot of low totals a lot of 40 and unders it's yeah, exactly should should make for some entertaining games a lot of blunders some some snow some bad field goals some crazy punts who knows what we're gonna get yeah i'm excited And the cold includes the first game of the Christmas Eve slate, which is Bills at Bears. Expected to feel like minus 11, could be as cold as minus 17 throughout some points in the game, which is suiting because this just feels like a classic December football matchup, almost like an original six matchup if you had to make a comparison to hockey as the Bills and the Bears. Those are just two classic teams, but they're coming into this one with opposite records, and I'm sure you know which one is the 11-3 and one. Yeah, I, I saw a headline there getting a bomb cyclone. A bomb cyclone. A bomb cyclone. Winds between 20 and 30 miles per hour. So who knows what that's going to look like, but it can't be good. But it's a good thing because we got two running quarterbacks going at it tonight in this in this one. Exactly. Josh Allen, Justin Fields. Justin Fields looking to not only... He, he set the franchise record for the Bears last week for rushing yards by a quarterback, but now he's looking for the NFL record, which is 1,206 yards, which is held by Lamar Jackson. Fields is at 1,000 right now with three games left to play. So that record's very much in reach for him. He should be able to break it uh, if everything goes to plan these next three games. This game, it's pretty much going to be, I think, the QBs as extensions of the run game. And Chicago is going to use Montgomery Fields. They might get Khalil Herbert back. So I think that with the cold weather, yeah, this is going to be a huge game for Fields. But it's also one of those games where you're kind of holding your breath a bit, right? Like when it's really cold weather and you're running a lot and you're getting hit hard, I think guys have a tendency to kind of get a bit more of those nagging injuries. And, you know, I guess... We sound like a broken record now, but that's not going to stop Josh Allen because he's going to be a complete extension of the Bills running game. And I expect him to do some crazy things just like he has the past few weeks, really. Yeah, Josh is Josh will be running hard in this game, Uh, whether it's by design or not. That's a different different question, but he will definitely be running. I would say he's probably going to have 10 attempts for sure in this game, running the ball. Yeah, 
we we saw it last week. He looked good. He 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 threw. He ran in crazy weather. Nonetheless, it was worse weather last week than it should be this week with all the snow and the wind and that. But it was he 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 took one big hit that I I vividly remember. But other than that, he was pretty responsible in sliding, getting out of yeah. bounds, taking what's there for him, not trying to do something insane and mash all the buttons as some people say as he was doing earlier in the year so it we have seen some growth from josh throughout this year yeah it did look better and this is a game where i think the bills want to win it because they still hold the one seed over the chiefs they have the tiebreaker over them and they hold their own destiny and i think that they just want to kind of chip away at these wins so they can secure that home field advantage and then kind of rest the guys a bit and on the other side, despite losing the past seven, the Bears have actually played some really good teams close, the Eagles last week. Um, but still, between facing Seattle, like if you're Kansas City and Chicago, I think I'd still much rather face Chicago. Uh, but this should be a pretty classic Bills game, and I, I don't really expect them to lose this one. But time will tell. That brings us to another cold weather game with Saints at Browns for some Ohio football. Expected to feel like minus 15 throughout the game, maybe some snow. And this game surprisingly has some interesting playoff implications, Patrick. It does. No one no one wants to win the NFC South. The Browns are not eliminated mathematically from the playoffs, so they're still playing for something with Deshaun. But what really caught my eye in this matchup, Damian, is, is the total, 32.5. I believe that's the lowest total we've seen in an NFL game this year in a really long time yeah I mean we we talked about a last game 20 to 30 miles per hour with the wind I'm seeing wind gusts over 40 miles per hour in this one in beautiful Cleveland the issue is their their stadium is right on Lake Erie yeah right on the water so that is definitely gonna have a factor in this game lake effect snow (laughs) meteorologist couldn't be worse than what's on TV but it's the Saints weirdly are in a great spot to to make a playoff run here. Not a playoff run, but a run to a the wild playoffs. Run, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have they could potentially go from being in like a top five pick position, which they don't own, so it doesn't really matter. But to being in the playoffs in a matter of weeks, or at least being in the wild card in a matter matter of weeks, and if they string together a few wins to close out the season. Anything can really happen in that division, Um, but this is going to be a tough game because they're going to have to lean on their run game this week with the weather, and the Browns' defense is kind of the perfect defense to do that against right now, Um, but the Browns also have that titan of a running game, right? Like the Saints' defense is going to have its work cut out for them, and running has been their MO all year, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, so I like their run game a lot more in this matchup. The the weird thing is, Damian, that since Deshaun has taken over at quarterback, Kevin Stefanski has kind of just changed the entire offensive game plan. Seemingly abandoned the run game. Yeah, away from Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which is a huge reason they have won games and been able to control time of possession, control the clock, keep keep the defense rested on the sidelines. So we'll see. This is a perfect opportunity to kind of go back to that game plan with this weather. Yeah, I think he'll be forced to almost. Yeah, so that's going to be important. As you said, the the Browns defense has kind of been lackluster, I guess, for a back of, lack of a better term. Yeah. But 
this this seems like a game where Miles Garrett, who's kind of been somewhat quiet on the year, not not in his defensive player of the year uh, caliber season, but he he seems to feast on like an Andy Dalton just from back in the days with Cincy and Cleveland going at it. Cleveland Especially obviously in a cold weather game. Yeah, Cleveland he's will be more fit well. to this weather with the Saints playing in a dome. They played uh, against the Ravens in a cold one last week. Yeah, I think the Browns are are fit to be prepared to win this game. I think so too. Yeah, and I, the Saints ha- have just not utilized Kamara. I don't think this year at all to actually get this running game going. I think they're gonna if. The the Saints script this year has been get down two scores early, abandon the run game, force Andy Dalton to throw it in the pocket to Alave or Rashid Shahid, Jawan Johnson last week. It's it's not a successful game plan, and they need to find a way to get the first score in this game if they want to have a chance. Yeah, they seem to have a, a problem coming back in games. Uh, you're right. Like that same script has pretty much been it all year. Uh, and I think in the cold weather game here, I'm leaning with the cold weather team, despite how bad kind of Stefanski and Deshaun have looked together. But that brings us to yet another weather game, but a bit more of a surprising one as it's supposed to be minus five, almost feel like minus 10 in Nashville, where the Texans face the Titans. And it certainly won't feel warm there. And both teams are coming off tough late losses with the Texans losing to the Chiefs in overtime. Titans lost on a last second field goal to the Chargers. And it this seems like a game where the Titans are going to try to get right. But I feel like the Texans aren't going to let them. They might not win, but I don't think they're going to let them kind of have a explosive game here. I had a similar take when I first saw this game. I said, OK, perfect opportunity. For the Titans to, off a four-game losing streak, kind of get one, a division win in the books, kind of get back on the right path. Tannehill is out for the year. Tannehill is out for the year. Uh, Malik Willis is playing this game. So I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't have the same opinion as I did now knowing that. Yeah, that changes everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's why the line is where it is, minus three. Otherwise, I would have seen right. this at like six and a half right yeah totally because now that leaves kind of the only thing going for the titans is the run game because lucky for them houston has been the worst uh run defense in the nfl all year pretty much they're allowing the most yards per game so if they can bottle the run game which will be a really hard thing but pe- teams have done it this year teams have bottled up henry in the titans run game um that'll be their best bet but yeah that's crazy with Tannehill out this offense just takes another blow and I don't think anybody is even remotely scared of them anymore what's crazy is it's the same injury that he was carted off for last week but ended up coming back into the game and finishing the game with the Titans but it's that same right ankle that is the injury and it says he's likely out for the season for sure out this week the Texans have been hanging tough past two weeks one score game against the Cowboys and took the Chiefs to overtime. You got to give them some credit. Like they're playing hard for a one win team. Absolutely. Yeah. They lost by, I think it was only like 10 combined points in those two games. Yep. And I think this is another spot where they actually get up for, right? Like you always love to play villain to a division rival. And this is a must scenario win scenario for the Titans with the Jaguars now on their heels. Um, so the Texans are kind of only going to be more motivated to make this a tough one. 
And for the Titans, the alarm bells are kind of ringing now. They've lost four straight, and they still sit in first of the AFC South at 7-7. Seven and seven. But now with Tannehill out and the way that the Jaguars are playing, I feel like this is not going to be a pretty next few weeks for them. If, if you want to keep that momentum, and you have to start now and you have to win this game. Um, but I don't think Houston's going to make it easy. No, I think the Titans are definitely hearing footsteps with the Jaguars. They will be glued to their TV Thursday night watching that game against the Jets. But if the Jags find a way to win that one against the Jets, I mean, all the pressure falls on Tennessee now. Absolutely. Because the the Jags have taken care of what they need to do. They play each other week 18. So this is just... It's gearing up. It's gearing it's up a situa- for a Jaguars playoff spot right yeah, now. Yeah, it's is a what situation it's up for. Tennessee was not expecting to find themselves in. Absolutely when they, not. I had them borderline top five team at one point. They were playing good football. They were like seven and four, seven and yeah. three. They've lost yeah. four in a row, seven and seven now. And just the South divisions in the AFC and the NFC are not good. Just a mess. Not good. Just a mess. Uh, But across to Kansas City, where we mentioned it earlier, the Chiefs face the Seahawks. You guessed it. It's another weather game. Of course, it is at Arrowhead. It's going to feel closer to minus 20 throughout the game. It's one of those games where you feel cold watching it on TV. And the, the Chiefs, I think, are more cut out for this than Seattle right now. The Chiefs... It's always kind of bad just weather. Air, in just Seattle. Arrowhead, just, yeah, but just Arrowhead in December, man. Oh, it's a scary for sure, place yeah, to play. it's not ideal. Yeah. But at least the Seahawks, it's not like they're a they're a dome yeah, team. It's not going like to play in Arrowhead, so that'll at least help them a little bit. But Seattle is when we're talking about Tennessee and them finding themselves in a tough situation. Seattle has Seattle is in a much worse position. They are now out of the playoffs, looking in. They're playing the the number two team in the AFC right now. Yeah. Things the have Lions been rough are, as of late. Yeah, there. the Lions are flying under them. The Commanders, the Giants. Yeah, They're and I think spot. they've fallen out of everybody's kind of feisty conversation, right? Like, they've lost three of the last four, and now everybody's kind of taking them out of those, oh, what can the Seahawks do if they're going to make noise down the line here? Part yep. of that's been their scheduling, like, Similar to last week with the 49ers, you just look up and it's not who you want to see on your schedule. Like, couldn't be almost two worse back-to-back games maybe for any team this season um, going 49ers to Chiefs. And they lost Tyler Lockett last week, who's going to be out a few weeks with a hand injury. I mean, it, it this is just a bad recipe game for them. Yes, it hasn't been pretty for the Seahawks. They finish off their season after this against the Jets and the Rams, which are... Two big games, two winnable games for them that they need to win. They have a chance in this game, though. Chiefs defense has kind of looked uh, shaky over the past two weeks, getting into a shootout with the Denver Broncos, who have never been able to play shootout ball all year, and getting in a tight one against the Texans. It's like there is a recipe for the Seahawks to find a way in this game. Kenneth Walker not being out long term and playing in this game is huge. The Chiefs might be getting McCole Hardman back. I'm not sure how that will impact their offense, but their big thing is they they have found a running back with Jarek McKinnon past two weeks. He's been huge in their wins, multi, multi-touchdown games past two weeks. They needed that, especially going into the playoffs. They You can't really win without a running game in the playoffs, so 
McKinnon stepping up is huge. And obviously Isaiah Pacheco is not a bad compliment to McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. They've looked rusty as of late. And most of that has kind of been on the defense and they're kind of looking for a bit of a get right here, but you're definitely right. The Seahawks can stay in this game. Uh, Something to watch for this game is this could definitely be a game where Mahomes takes the lead for MVP, especially with Jalen Hurts not playing this weekend. We'll get to that later. Um, But he's on pace right now to just finish shy of Peyton Manning's all time single season yardage record. And people aren't really talking about it a ton uh, because we're getting right down to it. Right. Like he has a few more like crazy. Like if he throws for 400 yards kind of for a few of these or two of these last three games, I think he's getting right up to it. So with Hertz going out, if Mahomes goes and has one of those Mahomes days with everybody watching on Christmas Eve, I think that he'll kind of throw that MVP in the bag. Yeah, Hertz not playing is huge for him. He's also like, you're right about the Peyton Manning thing. I had really no idea. I'm looking at the passing yards leaders right now. He's almost 500 yards up on Herbert, who's in second place. Only the whole game. Yeah, only two of them. It's more than, yeah, that's more than a full game. There's only two guys in the 4,000-yard mark right now, so he's definitely on pace for 5,000, which is incredible. Leads the league in passing touchdowns. Without Tyreek Hill, too, which is crazy. Yeah, and speaking of which, I mean, Kelsey hasn't really been finding the end zone the past couple weeks. He's he's obviously been a nice receiver for them, but he was the, the touchdown guy in the first half of the season, had that one hat trick, maybe two hat tricks, actually. But it's they'll be looking to get him going in this game. The the spread surprises me. Double digits after what the Chiefs have done the past two weeks. I agree. I don't understand why they would be getting that much uh, lean, I guess you could say. But they're at home. Seahawks have kind of lost momentum. But it's not like they're not playing for something here. The Seahawks definitely want they want to win games. They want to get in the playoffs. Pete Carroll knows how to get that team excited for these games. Well, we'll see what happens, but Lockett being out, like you mentioned, definitely hurts them. So we need Marquis. They need Marquise Goodwin to step up. Yeah, it feels like anything could happen here, but I wouldn't be surprised also if the Chiefs just have a great day. But heading indoors for a bit of a break. Next up is Giants at Vikings, where the Giants are coming off a huge Sunday night football win against the Commanders, which currently gives them the edge in the playoffs. Yeah, that was we. We broke it down live, or sorry, with the the Giants beating the Commanders is a big one. They needed to win that game, especially after the the tie two weeks before that. The command the Commanders had the bye, so they were kind of ready to go against the Giants. But the Giants kind of played them. Obviously, a couple of questionable calls at the end there. But yeah, this play, is still a huge game. game for them. Yeah, right now, like it. it that game could have could have gone another way against the Commanders, but I feel like at this point in the season, as long as you get that win, that's really what they care about. And this is, yeah, this is a bigger test. This is the, I'm most excited for this game, for the one o'clock slate. It's a playoff matchup. It's both these yeah. teams are in the playoffs. I'm very interested to see how the Vikings respond from that crazy, crazy comeback win against the Colts last week. Mm-hmm. Did you know the Vikings are having a whiteout game? Really? Yep, they're whiting out the end zones and the field and the the Viking logo at center field, and I believe Weird. they're telling they're the fans. The all whites. Yep, and I believe the fans will be wearing all white as well. College atmosphere in a playoff game, not, not a playoff, like a playoff yeah. matchup. 
I mean, this Vikings offense, I know they obviously got off to a very slow start against the Colts, but they're so hard to stop. With KJ Osborne coming onto the scene, they have three very good wide receivers. TJ Hawkinson, very good receiving tight end. Dalvin Cook, very good running back. And a, and a good enough offensive line where it's one of the best offenses in the league. The Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau kind of had his coming out party last week on national TV in primetime. So we'll see if he can lead that defense to to do basically what the Colts did in the first half last week. So, yeah, I feel like it's going to be on them, right? Like Minnesota is going to have to kind of look to exploit the defense. And the one thing is going to be the run game, right? Like the one thing the Giants defense hasn't been great at is uh, defending on the run. And so if they can get Dalvin Cook going here, control the clock, like get long drives that keep the Giants offense off the field and away from their own defense, really, I think Minnesota has a good shot of getting like their 12th win, which is kind of crazy to say. Yeah. And on the other side, the Vikings defense is sneaky good against the run. They haven't allowed a 100 yard rusher yet this season. So obviously we've, we've talked about it many times uh, on this pod before Daniel Jones. Yes. And we know that the giants offense runs through Saquon. DJ is going to have to step up here. If he, if he can't get going, I want to see how he passes the ball. Like, I want to see, like, we all know the Vikings defense is among the worst in NFL against pass. Like, I want to see him sling some balls. Yeah, and you're in a dome, too, so weather's not going to be a factor. Just kind of let it loose. He should run a little bit, too, to kind of just keep the Vikings defense honest, maybe get them to come up a little bit, hit them over the top. Speaking of records, we talked about the Chiefs and Mahomes. Justin Jefferson is... uh, Looking at some records as well here. He's 10 yards away from uh, passing Randy Moss for the Vikings receiving yards record in a season. Crazy. And so he has 1,622 yards this year. Calvin Johnson, Megatron. His record is uh, for receiving yards in a season is 1,964. So he's got three games left. So he's got to average about 113 yards a game. Which is that. insane because when you hear that, like for many or most other receivers, you would hear that and be like, oh, yeah, that's like, that's crazy. And then you hear him and it's like, okay, yeah, he could do that. He could do 113 for the next few games. For might sure. be a little higher. I'm doing the math right now. It might be like 120. We'll say 120. to. But get he, over. Rips, he rips off 120-yard games like they're nothing. That's yes, the crazy thing, he, right? Like He has multiple 200-yard games this year. He's... It, it's definitely not out of the question. This no. feels like a game where the Vikings kind of force the ball to him a bit to like make yeah. sure he gets the Randy Moss one. And yeah. kind of like, I haven't looked at the Vikings schedule, but this might be the last game that they have in a dome, which is obviously optimal for passing yards. Right. So if this is their last game or it's one of two of their last games, these are the games that like, you got to get it to Jefferson. Cause no, you I know like they that. know about these records. Oh, for sure. So maybe maybe if we're sitting at home Saturday, we just take Justin Jefferson over receiving yards. Just just to look, root for history. Over receptions at the very least. Yeah, yeah they play at the Packers and then at the Bears after. So this, it is so. their last it is yeah. their last one. So yes, yeah. I think this is the game they force the hell out of the ball. I'm interested to see if KJ Osborne has kind of surpassed Thielen as the number two, because this past two weeks, he's had a, a bit of a coming out party. 
obviously last week they found themselves in a in a crazy predicament being down 33 points like you're not going to get targeted 16 times again yeah i was about to say everybody gets the ball then yeah that it yeah. was that was just an insane comeback we we broke it down live last week which was fun but it's uh another thing these are two candidates i guess you could say for coach of the year yeah i was gonna bring that up like this is the giants are a well-coached team and in a game like this i expect dable to kind of keep this game close doing all that he can and he's definitely in the running especially if the giants can string together a few wins here and kind of make people forget about that mid-season stretch a bit um and kind of write everybody's narratives about them in their head then he's definitely up there for that um, but back outside, we go to a cold AFC matchup between the Bengals and the Patriots. It's never warm at Foxborough in December. That's perfect for the Bengals, who are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Upon hey, oh, uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals have won six straight. They've come back from 17 nothing against the Bucks last week and took control of the AFC North after the Ravens lost. Not only won six straight, but covered six straight, which is almost more impressive. I'm very, very, very interested to see how this New England Patriots team responds from last week's disaster. Yeah. Disaster yeah. of a finish. That's the that's the one thing that I think that this is going to be, especially with the cold and the disastrous end against the Raiders. I think Belichick goes so hard back to old school, just like running the football with Ramondre Stevenson, like the Pats running back rotation, I think they get a thousand touches in this game. Yeah, I think a couple screen passes to Marcus Jones as well. Yeah. He's just he's really fun to watch because the Patriots usually don't use those gadget plays and those kind of gimmicky things, but I guess this is Bill coming coming of a new age somewhat. I guess when you have a player like that, it's kinda of hard not to when you see other offenses around the league like burning burning teams on especially when their offense in general is so so boring there is nothing to this offense it's as bland as you can get is nelson aguilar their number one receiver yeah myers i guess it's jacoby myers yeah and then yeah Devontae parker slash aguilar yeah and jacoby might might have dropped on the depth chart after last week but i mean they that second half against the Raiders, they were playing arguably the best football of the season. Right. They kind of got screwed on that that touchdown call near the end. And then obviously we all know what happened with the finish. But it's it's how you bounce back because the Patriots are still battling for a playoff spot here. They have a yeah. very tough like this is as hard of a game as you can get late in the season. Yeah. Thankfully, and then they still have home. the Dolphins after this too, which sucks for them. Well, it could suck for the Dolphins, too, in the position that they're in right now. It it, it depends on what happens in this game. No, it's true. The, since he's rolling, like they are looking for the one seed right now. They they win this. They play Buffalo next week, which will give them the tiebreaker over the Bills and the Chiefs. So, since he might be one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Yeah, well, they head are. Hunt. They might they're be head the hottest. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one seed is a really interesting thing, and that Buffalo game is going to be insane. But, yeah, I think this is a good uh, game for maybe the under two. Uh, it's always tough with the Bengals offense to kind of bet against that, but the uh, it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. Just big, big, big thermometer day that we'll yeah. see. 
something that I've kind of been watching with this New England team. They're very boring on offense, which we've talked about, but they're they're kind of fun on defense. Matthew Judon and Uche on defense. That's a it's a good combination they got. Judon's got 14 and a half sacks. He's second in the NFL, and Uche has 10 and a half sacks. So yeah, Judon's having, a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, having two double-digit sack guys on on either end of each other is uh is a recipe for a disaster for the off for the opposing offense. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bengals kind of go run heavy against the tough defense, or they kind of leave it in the hands of Joe Burrow to just deal against what I guess would be the weakness of their defense would be the pass rather than the rush. So we'll kind of we'll kind of see. I think those those Cincinnati orange helmets in New England in the cold, that's kind of where they look better, I guess. Yeah. I don't like them in the warm with the sun on them. I think they look good in the cold, though. Yeah, they stand out. Yeah, so it's it's tough. It's do or die for New England, so you know Bill's going to have this team ready to go. I'm I'm just very interested to see how they respond. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going to have their eyes on this one, especially after the Patriots mishaps last week. But speaking of playoff hopes, that brings us down to Raleigh with the Lions at Panthers. Two teams fighting for wildcard position. Well, not technically because the Carolina's fighting for the division. But um, two teams fighting for playoff hopes right now. And Carolina, similar to the Saints, can improve to 6-9 and nine an inch like that much closer to catching the Bucks for the NFC South division lead. And the Lions, who I think it's safe to say are people's kind of favorite in the Hunt team right now. Like since being one and six, they've won six of seven. It feels like a lot of people are rallying around them and they just seem to have their sights set on winning out. And they also have one of the best schedules to do so. They're also just playing really good football right now. The Lions are playing great football right now. They've won six of their last seven. They are now at 500 and control their own destiny against the playoffs. Yeah. The two teams ahead of them. Well, all three teams, I guess, ahead of them, Seattle, Commanders and Giants all play teams with a winning record. Detroit's in a in a spot where they're playing a not a not a good football team. I'm I mean they're playing okay football right now. The Panthers they've won three three of their last five. Sam Darnold is probably their best quarterback. I think. I, I guess. Think, I like guess. It, it feels like every time I look at a Panthers game, like especially if I'm thinking about gambling. I always take a second. I'm like, wait, who the hell is that quarterback? And then I kind of like just end up not betting the game. Yeah, they're t- it's, it's not pretty for the Panthers. They actually do have – they're a weird team because I think if they did have a decent quarterback, they would be winning this division. Right. Because they have some good pieces on defense uh, like J.C. Horn. They got Brian Burns. They have some decent pieces on defense. I mean, D.J. Moore is a pretty good receiver. They they lack kind of a, a consistent running game with Donta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. This is this screams Lions to me. I don't really know why, but it's just teams that they're obviously both playing for something. The, but Detroit's like in must win. Carolina, they can somehow lose this game, and then the Buccaneers lose, and the Saints lose, and the Falcons lose, and they're going to be in the exact same spot next week. Yeah, no one wants to win the NFC South. It's just crazy. Well, it's weird, right? Because they had a huge game last week. Like if if you're them, that game against the Steelers is a must win at home too. at home. And they totally fell flat. So I don't think anybody feels too confident in the Panthers right now. And the way that the Lions are playing, 
I feel like they're one of those teams where they go into a game thinking that they're going to win and, and they're just kind of playing themselves to that ending, no matter how they get there. Uh, you saw that against the jets last week. They kind of just found a way to get it done in the last few minutes, but everything's on the line for both those teams a little less for the Panthers. You're right. Because that crazy situation that can happen with that division lead. But I think this is a game. A lot of people kind of be still paying attention to in the one o'clock slot, just because of the lions. But yep. switching to another important and cold game for the NFC South, we have a great bird matchup with the Falcons at Ravens. Falcons are five and nine, same exact story, trying to catch the Bucks, go up to six and nine. And despite not having any tiebreakers against the Panthers and the Saints, it's still possible if a couple of things go their way in the last three games that they could host a playoff game, which is such an insane thing to say. But their game against the Saints last week was like less than inspiring. It was terrible. It was their chance. You're starting Desmond Ritter, trying to get uh, trying to get a spark out of your team, trying to you know trying to get them up for the game. Be like, all right, here's our rookie quarterback. Let's play for him. Let's go win a divisional matchup. Would they have had the tie? They would not have had the tiebreaker of the Bucks, right? No, no, I don't think but, so. But they would have been in a way better spot, tied record with the Bucks yes. and. We, we know the Bucks aren't winning games right now. Now they find themselves in a not as bad of a spot as it could have been because it doesn't look like Lamar Jackson is going to play. Marcus Peters and Calais Campbell also did not participate Tuesday or Wednesday. So there's going to be some, some key injuries for the Ravens in this game. I was not really impressed with Desmond Ritter last week. No, I don't he think- didn't really have anything for you to be impressed with. Well, it was weird because I watched a decent, I watched enough of that game, not a ton, but I watched enough because I was on the Falcons. They kind of ran the same offense they ran with Mariota with Ritter, which is, I don't think that's his kind of offense that he can succeed in. I think yeah, he definitely needs, not the same type of quarterback at the very least. I think he needs kind of screen passes, get a couple right. completions, get his confidence up and then allow him to kind of get out of the pocket, I guess just throw more downfield, but he needs he needs like encouragement while playing, which is a weird thing to say, but he does. I was surprised the Falcons went with him because Arthur Smith said we're going to go with Marcus until we are out of playoff consideration. And they they are still in it, which is crazy, but I was surprised too, especially because it just seems like such a gamble for right now in the season. And the big problem for the Falcons this game is that it leaves most of the game up to Ritter because of how good the Ravens run defense is, right? Like the Falcons have been able to rely almost solely on their run game all year. Um, But I don't think that's going to cut it against this Ravens defense, which has just been unreal against the run. So he's going to have to have a great performance to kind of keep their hopes alive and get this win, but it's not going to be easy. And, Early reports right now have Lamar Jackson active and in the starting lineup, at least, um, which should kind of keep the Ravens as heavy favorites. Uh, but if something happens and he isn't playing, like I haven't been impressed enough in their backups to, you know, count out that the Falcons will keep this game closer than it should be. Are we seeing uh, conflicting reports? So I, I, I didn't know. think Lamar was playing. I saw I saw in a blog that that he was supposed to at least be in the roster, like starting, maybe not starting, but um, like starting in the sense of dressing. Okay. Because he, he also, he didn't participate um, 
Monday. Well, I guess Monday they don't practice. Tuesday or Wednesday. Right. I could so be I, wrong. We'll see. I mean, he hasn't been ruled out yet. So there is always going to be an opportunity, but we'll, we'll see. Seven points seems like a lot. The, the Ravens need to find an offense for the playoffs here because as of right now, I think they're one of the least threatening teams in the AFC in that playoff picture. Like if you are a wildcard team, well, I guess the Ravens probably will be a wildcard team, but you, you kind of want, you kind of want to run into the Ravens. Like you're not going to be upset if you get matched up with them. No, especially with how the AFC is kind of cutting out this year. I feel like there's a lot of heavy hitters and the Ravens are one of those teams that at least, you know, can like, you can stay in it against them. They've let, they've let how many teams stay in games this year or come back from games that they shouldn't have been in. So you're right. I think if any, if any team in the uh, AFC, almost, it might be them that you want to play except for that last wild card spot. Maybe. Yeah. They just, they do win games though. You can't knock a team for winning games. Nine and no. five. It's it's impressive. Harbaugh is a great coach. I'm excited for the bird game, but what I really want to get off is like you if the entire division goes below 500, which they are, well I guess the Bucks can go 9 and 8. No one no one from this division should make the playoffs. It should go it's like the extra wild card. Yeah. Everyone's I, I, that's a take I can actually agree with because then you're just saving a bad football game. And they right? get a home game, which is the craziest part of all of this. Yeah. You win your division, get a home game. The Bucks might win this division at six and eleven. That's insane. How it's just it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, it is like wrong. We, we yeah. talk about the NHL uh playoff picture kind of just being wrong. There's room to look at this, at least. Like, I understand the importance of divisions, but if everyone's under 500... I just... Yeah, it might force them to take a, at least a look at it. And it's always the NFC South with, yeah. where this happens, every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, so I think that's this is a game that people will pretty much just be keeping on in the corner, kind of, to, you know... At this least is, have yeah, I feel like if you're playoffs. watching Red Zone, you might not see this yeah. game. Yeah, no, I agree. But yeah, that does it for the 1 o'clock games. All right, welcome back. We're now going to do the 4 o'clock slate on Christmas Eve and into warmer pastures in California as the Commanders head to the Bay to play the 49ers. And while sitting just inside the NFC playoff picture, the 49ers are not who you want to face. Seattle found that out the hard way in primetime last week. No, this is a tough spot for the Commanders coming off a tragic Division lost to the Giants last week and now having to go to San Francisco to play Brock Purdy and the 49ers with the arguably the scariest defense that we've seen in a long time. I I don't really know where where I stand on this game. It feels like a San Fran kind of seems unbeatable. Like you're you're not gonna be able to put up more than 14 points on this defense and you obviously need to score more than 14 points if you want to win this game. So it's it's another question of just how do the commanders respond? It's you're pretty you're going to know in the first quarter whether the commanders were demoralized from that win and they're going to be hanging on for dear life to get into the playoffs or are they motivated? Do they want to go out there and prove a point and show that they they are a legitimate playoff team and they should be taken seriously in the NFC? Yeah, I think that you're right. We're going to know really quickly right away. And I think that this 
if you want a chance of staying in this game, you're just going to have to be better than the Niners in terms of game planning on offense. Like they're going to have to get their run game going hard and have solid games from that receiving core. Heineke's going to have to have a big one. Like this is not a great spot for them. You're right. And after not getting a lot done offensively against the Giants and not really using the run game, I don't think a lot of people have confidence in them to kind of do so against the best defense in football. Um, but it'll be something to keep your eye on, right? Like the the commanders are one of those teams. If they're going to make noise, like commanders fans want you to believe they are. And the people who have kind of been, you know, behind that wagon for the past few weeks, this is going to be a game where they at least have to keep it close. Like you don't have to win this game necessarily, but you got to show that you're one of those teams that belongs pretty much. Yeah. And the commanders have won games like this before. They yeah. were the one They're They are the one in the Eagles lost column. Don't forget it. It's, there is the conversation to be had whether the commanders have peaked too early. Not, but the weird thing is they wouldn't have peaked too early because they had to peak at some point. But yeah. as opposed to like the Lions, who are kind of still going up, but the commanders they might have hit their peak and might start becoming coming back to life right now. Chase Young just may never play football again it seems and it's I'm really watching that game last week yeah like you just see him on the sidelines you're like fuck man after a buy i thought yeah. he was i thought that was a for sure he's back when he's been questionable the past five weeks i guess they're just being super super careful with him because he is that much of a franchise player but like at what point do you need him to like start making this playoff push you need him in this game they, yeah. they absolutely need him to because this is the first defense i think that can actually make Brock Purdy uncomfortable in the Definitely. pocket where he's yeah. going to actually have to not everything's going to be perfect for him he needs to go out there and make a play whether it be with his feet or with his arm or just not making mistakes in a sense to keep the offense on the field totally on the other side you said it the commanders need to find a run game they have to against this 49ers defense because they need they need to run just an offense that keeps their defense on the bench keeps Brock Purdy and McCaffrey cold and like there is no I guess game plan to beat this 49ers defense because they've shown that they're pretty unbeatable in a way but the, the only way to beat them is to find a run game and I mean Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr there's potential like yeah at least you're running two decent running backs rather than just forcing one guy down their throat the entire game yeah, I agree. And it's a great point about Chase Young because he could actually be a total difference maker in this game. Like if he's terrorizing Brock Purdy all night, like what do you do for that? Right. Not just him, like the entire defensive line. We, we talked yeah. about it with with him on there. It's all first rounders. Yeah. And and they're an insane defensive line. So I feel like this is the game where he finally comes back. And yeah, it's something that people are going to keep their eye on because I think people want to see brock purdy tested including us because we're a brock purdy podcast yeah and you you said it before you don't really want to run into the 49ers the you don't want the the sixth seed it seems like in the nfc right now because with the vikings win this week i believe they are locked into the two seed i believe so i think they have to lose all three games and the 49ers have to win two for yeah. the vikings to go to the three seed so it looks like the 49ers will be a three seed and playing the six seed, which right now is the Giants. Ooh, so, yeah. But I mean, obviously, if you make the playoffs, you, you, you take what you're given. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, 
you'd much rather play the Vikings or the Buccaneers in the NFC yeah. as a wildcard team than have to go to San Fran, which the commanders are doing this week. So, yeah, I feel like that's not it's... even a hot take at this point. Yeah. No, um, but following this, the only other four o'clock game is a huge NFC matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys down at Jerry's world in Dallas. Philly needs one more win to clinch the number one seed in the NFC and get home field advantage. While the Cowboys have already secured a playoff spot, they're not even able to catch the Eagles anymore. Um, and unfortunately, it came out that the Eagles will be without their MVP candidate, Jalen Hurts, um, as Gardner Minshew is getting the start after Hertz suffered a sprained shoulder against the Bears. And like we said, this is a tough game for Hertz to be out, mostly because of his MVP uh, candidacy. But I don't think that this is a game that the Eagles necessarily need him to win. No, they don't. And they don't because Dallas kind of took... Dallas took away all the hype from this game by losing to Jacksonville last week. Absolutely. They, they do it to themselves every season. It was it was gross because this game was setting up to be one of the most hyped up games of the year. Huge playoff implications. NFC East would have kind of been on the line. Now it's not. I mean, the Eagles have won the NFC East. They're looking now for the one spot in the NFC as a whole. I, I don't know. I feel like if the Cowboys won last week, Jalen Hurts would be playing in this game. That's kind of I what I so feel too. like. But I think Philly is comfortable in where they are at. They play the Saints next week. So even if you don't win this one, I mean, that's seems like a gimme to go get your one seed. The thing is, though, this offense is going to be very, very different while, when it's run by Gardner Minshew. For sure. Yeah, they're going to lean on their run game heavy. Um, and Dallas is a good team to do that against. They've allowed the ninth most rushing yards per game. But yeah, this isn't going to look like your Jalen Hurts Eagles offense. But I think it's just going to be a bit more of a grindy game where they're going to be running the ball a lot, just getting big firsts. And with the Cowboys coming off that loss to the Jaguars, yeah, I feel like everybody saw the chinks in their armor after that game. And if any team is going to expose where you're looking bad, it's the Eagles right now, right? Like their defense isn't going to give the Cowboys any room to breathe. And it's not like their offense is going to take it easy on this defense either. Not at all. Dak, Dak has to clean it up a bit. 11 interceptions and he hasn't even played every game this year. Kind of, I mean, that, that pick six against Jacksonville wasn't really his fault, I'll say, but still goes against the quarterback. Yep. They, they need to be better on offense. Dak needs to be better. I know their upside is is better with him at quarterback than Cooper Rush, which is what I'm about to say might be a weird comparison going back to him. But when Cooper Rush was at quarterback, the thing that he did the best was be efficient and not turn the ball over, which right. just led to Dallas's defense kind of winning them games and the offense doing just enough. Whereas now it's Dak is kind of doing a little bit too much which is putting their defense in vulnerable positions to yeah. get points scored against them. And then Dak now has to go put up 30 plus a game. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a different team with Dak. Dak is obviously the better and more talented quarterback, but he's, he hasn't looked great. He hasn't looked great. No, you're right. And it's been a bit of a tale of two seasons for them. Um, but this takes us ultimately to probably the coldest matchup of Christmas Eve in the Saturday night game between the Raiders and Steelers in Pittsburgh. 
supposed to be feeling closer to minus 15 with some wind in just a classic cold December game in Pittsburgh. You got to love it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. This game would have been so much more fun if both of these teams didn't lose uh, the first game of their their stretch that they needed to go on. Yeah, it's it's it was impressive that they both lost it. And if they didn't and they were seven and seven for this game prime time, I think that would have been arguably the biggest game of the week with with Jalen Hurts being out. I think two these two seven and seven teams fighting for that last wild card. So it would have been huge. Kenny Pickett is back. It looks like he's going to be playing. I think Thank he was held Lord. out. I think he was kind of held out precautionary last week. Second concussion of the year, which is not what you want. He should start getting respect and not getting tackled that way. But this game, the Steelers will be playing with a heavy heart. Franco Harris passed away yesterday, and yeah. he his jersey was supposed to be his number was supposed to be retired tonight, which is just terrible timing. So this is just a Kind of a tribute game to Franco. Steelers will be in their throwback uniforms. Oh, that's one thing I had. All-time uniform matchup like yes. coming down the gut here. Especially this is the night. original six matchup. Yes. That you, yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely the same kind of vibe. Um, and I hope they do. Like, I hope the Steelers, especially because the Steelers and Raiders have history in with Franco Harris, right? Like, I hope they do one of those visible man on the field penalties and they decline. You know, like one of those things that you see sometimes. They yeah, take like a d- delay a game for, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is a perfect game for kind of that, you know, uh, remembering him and making like a bit of a spectacle out of the Saturday night um, and letting, you know, there's going to be a ton of eyes, right? Like a Christmas Eve Saturday night game that's going to be on at every party, you know, that is around. So I feel like that's a this is a great game for that. But Still remains a long shot for the Raiders to kind of work their way into the postseason. Hey, they Steelers do. too. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and, it, and it remains the same for the Steelers. They got to win out pretty much, and a lot of other teams got to lose multiple games, but it's possible. Um, but this still kind of makes – it still gives it a bit of that um, playoff tinge to it in terms of that there's something on the line here. I feel like night games always make it feel like that anyways. Yeah, there's it, definitely something on the line here. It's – it's not a pretty game. This is not no. going to be. But it, the issue is it has potential to be a pretty game with this Raiders offense. Devontae Adams leads the league in touchdowns. Josh Jacobs should be in the conversation for offensive player of the year, I think. Yeah. And Derek the Steelers Car- have yeah. kind of been like that. The the pass game has for that defense, which has been good, has been kind of their, their low spot, right? Like teams have been able to pass against the Steelers. And with this offense, yeah, it's totally has the potential to blow up that way. It kind of feels like teams are, are have easier time running against us. I remember against like the Patriots, they just ran the ball down our throat to end the game. Ravens just ran the ball down our throat to win the game. Feels like so many of them are just they just if you want to run it on the Steelers, you can. They're because at least when you're throwing the ball, you got like a Minka Fitzpatrick, you got T.J. Watt rushing the quarterback. It, yeah. it was more so their their past defense stunk without TJ Watt, but now with him back, they're they're starting to get yeah, sacks again respect, with yeah. Highsmith and Hayward. I don't know. I just I just wish that these two teams were five hundred right now, and this would be a lot more. There'd be a way higher anticipated game, but right now it's kind of just it's a decent nightcap. That's what it is. How are Steelers fans feeling? Are you just excited to kind of see Kenny back for this game and, you know, just hopefully have an entertaining game? How am I feeling? This is just 
this is just where the Steelers get to every time that they're not in a playoff spot. They find a yeah. way to get to 500 and it kills kills their draft pick every year. Like I told you earlier in the year, I said when when things are really gloom, I want it to be top 10, not top five in drafting a, a pick because top 10 pick, you can get a very, very good player, especially when you're not looking for a quarterback and you can get an instant impact player. I'm I'm pretty high on Kenny right now. I think he's shown enough this year where I don't have a ton of question marks about him. I just want to see how he advances next season. That that'll be the one where all eyes are really on him. Right. But he does the right things, man. I mean, first two or three games weren't pretty with the turnovers, but he he's three and one in his last four. Hasn't turned the ball over really. It's I don't know. He just he looks good. You could be in a much worse spot as like a franchise right the, now. The biggest, the biggest improvement on the season was is the offensive line. We're now able yeah. to run the ball and protect our quarterbacks way better than we were in the first half of the season. But as a whole, I mean, I just want Mike Tomlin's 500 or better record to stay intact. 15 seasons now, looking for 16. You got to get to nine and eight. They got to win out. So yep. they're, they're definitely playing for something, which is nice. Yeah, definitely playing for something, and uh, everybody will be watching this one on Saturday night, but that does it for the Christmas Eve games. All right, welcome back, and if you thought that was it, think again, because we've now got Christmas Day games. That was just the Christmas Eve, but beginning with a sunny Christmas down in Miami with the Packers at Dolphins in what kind of has to be a get-right game for the Dolphins right now after losing three straight, heading down the stretch. And a must win for the Packers who are trying to win out to stay in wildcard contention. They go nine and eight. A lot can happen. But yeah, this is a weird one because the Packers are coming off a relatively easy Monday night win against the Rams and they look like they're feeling pretty good, right? Like they seemed like they had a bit of confidence after that. And the Dolphins oppositely have lost three straight, but are finally back at home after like a long road trip. Yeah. And the Dolphins, they have lost three in a row to three playoff teams which is not not what you want but in a weird sense I feel like there was a little bit of confidence reinstilled after that that Buffalo tough loss in just terrible conditions obviously that's probably what you're gonna have to play in something similar like that in the playoffs so yeah I feel like the perception of the team though you're right is like drastically more optimistic now than even this time last week like after week 15 Miami fans were like all right did they crack the code? Like, is this high-powered offense now just going to die out? And it looked much better and showed those signs of life against the Bills of coming back. Um, and so I think, yeah, the perception of the team is a lot different now. But there's still things from that game that I think that they need to do to win this game, right? Like, they started out using their run game in that Bills game, and it was working really well with most of it. And then they just kind of abandoned it throughout the game and then relied on passing, which didn't work as the weather got worse and as like the Bills defense got better throughout the game. So they got to stick to the run this week. Yeah, I was surprised they kind of went away from Mostert in the second half after yeah. how he was so efficient in the first yeah. half. It was impressive. It's the, It wasn't even like you were running it that much. He was he just was getting like, nine yards a game. Yeah. yeah, it was. And it seemed easy. He didn't seem tired. His burst was pretty much the same the entire game. Jeff Wilson Jr. is back this week. It looks like yep. I still think Mostert should be your lead back. And I still think he's the guy you should lean on. But now that you have two solid running backs you should run them both Absolutely. and kind of take a little bit of pressure off to a 
obviously weather's not going to be a factor this week in Miami. Packers looking to get a nice little vacation out of this for the holidays. The I don't really know. I, I don't see a world where the Packers get into the playoffs, especially with teams like Detroit yeah, surging. But I mean it's they're not they're it's kind of like the Steelers and like the Raiders, teams like six and eight. It's you're not mathematically eliminated, but you need a lot, a lot of things to happen. You're less than five percent. Yeah. And I think that the Packers, if any team, is a team that the Dolphins can get their run game right against. They allow the fourth most rushing yards a game. And this is a team where they should, yeah, be running screen plays. Like, get to a back in that comfortable, just a ton of completions, you know, like throw screen passes, let them hand the ball off, and just let this be like a 28 to, to 13 game, something like that. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I think the what the Dolphins need to do on defense is kind of make someone – other than Christian Watson beat you yeah. in terms of the receiving game because he is far and away Rodgers' number one target right now. That It seems as if A.J. Dillon has taken the top spot in the backfield as well. So I think if you, if the Dolphins, sorry, just, just really focus on blitzing Rodgers and making him uncomfortable and then helping, well, whichever corner over the top, against Watson I think you'll be able to be fine because he doesn't really want to throw it to anyone else except for him maybe the odd Randall Cobb completion yeah, but it's what it seems like it's it's weird because I mean people were trying to tell me that the Packers look good after that Rams game and they didn't look bad you're right but the Rams stink with Baker yeah. Mayfield and that's not not a game I should be using as as a measuring stick. Yeah, as a measuring sense. stick yeah. at all. I mean, it's it's a win. They needed to win it, and they won it with eyes on them. But I think Miami Miami should. This is this is the get-right game, you hope, yeah. if you're a Dolphins fan. Yeah, it, it kind of has to be. I'm excited for it on Christmas Day, I think. That do they, it'll sorry, be a, do they clinch yeah. if they win a playoff spot? Um, If they clinch, they go to 9-6, and six, which I think so, yeah. Okay. Because then they only have two games left. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, now to a much less exciting, but still a warm game in Los Angeles as the Broncos face the Rams. We were talking about this earlier before we were recording, but this was definitely a game where the NFL thought they were being a huge brain in getting a great matchup between the Broncos and the Rams on Christmas, and it's now kind of fell on its face. It's a pretty brutal matchup. Um, but the Broncos offense has looked weirdly good the past few weeks. Like they put 28 up against the Chiefs, 24 up against the Cardinals. And I feel like this is another spot where they're going to be looking to put up a lot of points against the Rams defense that's sliding hard. Yeah, eight wins between these two teams. Ugh. It's gross. But you're right. The The Broncos kind of have been scoring points out of nowhere these past two weeks and last week without Russell. So I, I think the they also might be getting Cortland Sutton back this week. He's questionable, but practicing for the first time since his injury i you want know russ isn't missing this game man eh? no he's playing he's playing yeah they, like they yeah. come out i was doing he could have, he could, his hand could have been severed you think russell wilson's missing actually, like a christmas day game i got a o'clock. quote for you from russ in an interview they were they were just asking about his injury and his quote was i didn't sign up to play tennis i signed up to play a physical sport and that's football facts you're a warrior russ so true it's it's just a disgusting game all around, to be honest with you. I mean, you're right. I think 
that the NFL was like, oh, let's go. I mean, Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos, going to, going to L.A. to play Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, playoff implications on the line. No, just, I mean, number one seed implications on the line, it seems. And Denver doesn't even have their first rounders. So yeah, Seattle will definitely be watching this game very keenly. I think you got to kind of side with the Broncos in this game. They're just, their defense should make. They're still great. Like the, yeah. the crazy thing is like, as because the Broncos have just fallen completely out of the spot. Like, like people don't even want to talk about them anymore. Their defense is still like essentially a top five defense in the league. So I feel like this is a huge hill to climb for Baker. Um, like if you can't get it done against the Packers, I don't feel like the Broncos are the team that you then ease into that. Um, and I think that just leaves it to Russ, really. Like, as long as he gets the ball out accurately and on time, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, it's the this is a game that the Broncos should definitely win. And if they don't win it, oh boy, is Broncos oh, man, country yeah. going to be very upset with Russ and just the entire team as a whole? Oh, on Christmas, after a bad year, you lose to the Rams on Christmas. You're right. That's bad beat territory. Yeah, and absolutely nothing has good. Nothing good has come out of L.A. this year Pretty in much. terms of the Rams. Sorry. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, Cooper Cup out for the year. Matthew Stafford out for the year. Haven't heard much of Aaron Donald at all. Jalen Ramsey getting beat. Their roster's just drained. Like, they just don't have the talent left on the roster to compete much in games. I think they just, a lot of these guys, because it's a lot of names you know, and a lot of names that have kind of been around the league for a while, but they just, they got their ring, and they just kind of became content with where they're at and where they are in their career. And, I mean, I can't really fault them because I'm not in that position, but if that's what it takes, it's what it takes. No, I agree. And finally, with our last preview of the episode, I know what you're thinking. Haven't all the exciting teams been previewed already? And you would be completely right um, because we close out the trio of Christmas Day games um, in Arizona between the Bucks and the Cardinals. Tampa's coming off a brutal loss to the Bengals after being up 17-3 at half. They lose 34-23. Um, and this is a pretty ideal matchup to right the ship here as they need to kind of keep winning to keep that lead on the NFC South. And the Cardinals are just looking awful. Throw it on a dime like I ain't even trying. Trace McSorley is in the game starting for the Cardinals. First NFL start. Penn State legend. He is a terrible NFL quarterback. Yeah, if, Colt, if, and Colt McCoy got a concussion. You're like, oh, no, I don't want Colt to get hurt out there. It's like seeing like your uncle get hurt in like a pickup playoff, a uh, pickup football game. No, it's bad. Trace has appeared in three NFL games. He has thrown one touchdown and four interceptions. The, if the Buccaneers don't win this game, they may never win a game again with Tom Brady as their quarterback and Todd Literally. Bowles as their coach. Like if, if you can't score and look unreal against this defense, who are you going to look good against? No one. Absolutely no one. J- it, JJ Watt is JJ Watt's almost 35 and he's pretty much the most prominent player on this Cardinals defense other than Buda Baker. But it's I mean the Buccaneers they control their destiny, and I believe it's pretty much one win will get them that the NFC South. I know other teams will have opportunities to get there, but like we, we've been saying at the entire episode, no one wants to win the NFC South. So Buccaneers, this is your opportunity to get it. Tom Brady, you can get your 
another division title to your resume, but no one, no one, I think should be taking this Buccaneers team seriously. Yeah. And I, I think this is kind of after a crazy run of games, I think this is just going to be a game, like a pretty big letdown game. I don't think a ton of people are, it'll be on people's TV, but people won't be caring about it. Maybe we'll get a weird graphic or two. Well, I think similar to the Broncos Rams, the NFL also thought they were doing something with this game. Chefing up here, yeah, with, yeah, with Kyler Murray and Tom Brady. They thought Brady. there would have been like playoff implications on the line, maybe Cardinals battling for the last wild card spot, but no. They nope. are battling for last in the NFC West. Yeah, but that does it for our previews. It's a ton of games. We threw a lot of information at you, but you know, it's good to be over prepared versus under prepared. And I think that this is going to be a fun weekend of football ahead. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, Christmas football, it's that time of year. I'm excited for it. All right. Welcome back to the last segment here for our goal post picks, our weekly pick preview. It was a pretty solid week for us last week. We were both 11 and four heading into it. I went three, two and one, unfortunately for the graphic because the Titans plus three pushed against the Chargers. Patrick went four and two, and we had some solid picks. I was on the right side of that Steelers game. Uh, That Broncos game was a decent uh, grab. And yeah, I think uh, it was a bit of a refreshing week in that sense. We did pretty well. Yeah, my first uh, winning week. And for records wise, I've had a couple three and three. Yeah, it's nice. It feels good. It does feel good. I, I have been... I've been decent in the NFL and that was my first week giving out six NFL plays. So hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Yep. Yep. And um, you did better than me. So you lead off again. I believe I jumped you overall too. I think you did. Yeah, It's we still got ways to go, but it does kind of feel good. All right. I guess, I guess I'll start us off for this week. I'm going to lead with, the Cleveland Browns minus two and a half against the Saints at home. Weird weather. I think they can just control the ball, control the clock, win the game by field goal or more. So give me the Browns. I like that. Um, this one, it's it could be a mistake, but I'm betting off past weeks. The Chiefs haven't really been able to cover these big spreads. I'm going to go with the Seahawks plus 10. I like that. That's a lot of points. Yeah, I just think a backdoor can happen. I think, worst case, I could be in for a push in this game with the 10 flat. Going to take a respect game, tribute game, Steelers minus two and a half. Got to give me that. Um, I had some over-unders. I'm going to go under 36 and a half in the Broncos-Rams game. I nice. Just, I, I don't see there being any offense in that game. What else do I like? I... Yeah, two left. Uh, yeah. It's tough. I I want to go with the Bengals. I think I will go with the Bengals. They've been taking care of me. Three right. points against the Patriots. Being on the road against the Patriots in this spot does kind of scare me a bit. But, I mean, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Last one, right? Yep. Give me the Lions. Give me the Lions. Dan Campbell and the boys. Panthers. That that was the pick I wanted. Yeah, Panthers aren't that good. I think the Lions have one of the best offenses in the NFL. What could go wrong? What What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Did I steal it? Is that the only one I stole? stole, um, You stole. That was the only one you directly stole. I had 
I had Raider the opposite of the Raiders, like the Raiders covering, and I disrespectful. Think that, yeah, I think that that's a, a disrespectful pick. Now, um, I'm gonna lead with my grossest pick of the week, um, which is Bucks seven and a half. I, I thought about that, it. Yeah, this is a pretty pretty wuss pick, um, but I think that it's one I just have to take because I think they're gonna end up winning by like fifteen. Um, so I think I have to, um, but I'll go back to the hand that fed me with the Broncos for another ugly spread. I'm going to take the Broncos two and a half. I think that's just not enough points for them. I was really close to that one too. Yeah. I think after last week, I kind of have to, um, here is another gross one. I got a lot of gross ones, but it worked out last week. I'm going to take the giants plus three, the line moved from four to three. I think it's four. Uh, I think I saw it this morning at three. Well, I think I moved back. I was just looking at it here. We'll, oh, I'll get it quick. You are catching four. Good, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, it at it three. Love four. it at four. Yeah, I'll take four um, for sure. And uh, yeah, so I'll take the Giants plus four there. Um, I feel pretty decent about that. Uh, I'm going to go to an over here just for some fun on Christmas Day. I feel like a fraud if I don't take over 49 and a half in Packers Dolphins. That feels like a game, like the a one good weather game, game of yeah, like the ex- week. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's a pretty decent read on that. But now is where it gets tough, right? Like we start, you start getting into the really ugly picks now. Um, and I think I'm going to take the Falcons plus six and a half. I think that as long it, with the chance of Lamar not playing, I think six and a half is too much for him not being in that game. If he is, I'll get burned on that maybe, but I'm willing to take that chance. I'll take Falcons six and a half. I would have loved that at seven. I would have, yes. Yeah, that would have loved this. Um, And for my last pick, you took that Lions one from me, which I really wanted. Um, But I think I'm going to go to a game where I think that the Lions may be a bit too high. I'm going to take the under 46 and a half in Eagles Cowboys because I think that those are. The Eagles defense isn't going to be giving up a lot. You don't have Jalen Hurts. I think that it's kind of a perfect storm for that. I like it, man. I like a lot of your picks. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna ride with you. I think I'm gonna take all of our picks this week and I if, might too. If we can recreate what we did last week, we'll make some money. Yes, we will. But I think that does it for our Christmas special. Hope everybody enjoyed. Hope everybody has a happy holidays. Thank you again for our support. We always love it. Yep. Happy holidays to everyone at home. Wish you a very happy Christmas football day. And yeah, I guess that's all I got to say to all the people at home. That was fun, Damien. See you later. Enjoy. See ya. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had some real explosive plays. And if we saw his own defense, we knew that it was going to give us the best ability to get the ball down the field. And we understood our opponents might have some difficulty with that. <laughs>